0: Adventures in Artslandia is brought to you this week by DOC. Italian-inspired, raw wine-focused, Northwest-grown, theatrically prepared. Visit our sister restaurants, Nona and Yakuza. Why do we sound so good? Because we're at Dead Aunt Thelma's studio, and Mike Moore is engineering for us. Thanks, Dead Aunt Thelma's. Thanks, Mike. Hey, everyone. I'm Susanna Mars, and welcome to Adventures in Artslandia. Today, I'm with Lynn Duddy and Lawrence Howard. They are the founders of Portland Story Theater, and I'm also with Warren McPherson. He is a storyteller and the podcaster for the organization. Welcome, and thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today about what you're up to at Portland Story Theater.
1: Thanks. Thanks. Glad to be here. Yeah.
0: Wonderful. A real pleasure. Um, Now, I really enjoyed looking at your website. Uh, You have a lot of exciting work happening, and you're promoting understanding and fostering radical empathy by giving voice to real, true stories of ordinary people. So ordinary people. How do ordinary people find their way to be a part of Portland Story Theater? Our model is to have people take a
1: workshop with us, Mm -hmm. and we have three different kinds of workshops, and one of them is one that leads to a performance. So we have an Urban teller series, mm-hmm. and that's on the first Friday of most months. And people can go through the workshop and then tell their story in front of a live audience. That's
0: really exciting.
1: Can I just and
2: say, on a personal note, I yeah. actually found found you guys. I mean, I, I physically found you guys by reading Artslandia because you guys oh. were in there. Oh, wow. that's great. And I was going through the magazine, and I thought, Portland Square Theater, this sounds great. i interested. I called and... They hooked me, and it's been five years. So thanks, Artslandia.
0: What was your association with the arts prior to becoming a member at Portland Story Theater? I was a writer, Mm -hmm. and
2: um, and then I had uh, kind of stopped writing. I I became a stay-at-home dad, and I wanted to do something, some sort of outlet artistically. And Mm -hmm. I, I don't know why. It was like fate. I opened Mm -hmm. up the page and there it was. And I thought (laughs) storytelling, (laughs) like, you know, I, I've heard the moth. Mm -hmm. I, 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 this is definitely different from the moth, but that was my idea of storytelling. Mm -hmm. When I called Lynn, Mm -hmm. she was very nice. Mm -hmm. And she said, yeah, come around and see a show and see if it's something that you'd like. And I did, I came and saw a show and I thought, Oh, this is exactly what I want to do. This is the way I write. And, uh, did that first workshop, and it was. I just wanted to do another one, and another
3: one, and another one, mm. and I just keep doing them, and so I keep coming back. Yeah, Warren well, a lot of stories with us now,
0: more wow. than a dozen times.
1: Yeah.
3: yeah,
0: oh, that's great. Do any of the people that you work with uh, publish their stories as well,
1: or
3: some of the people we work with mm-hmm. identify as writers, mm-hmm. and uh,
1: we do have a. a People go from the stage to the page, but right. mostly we have the podcast mm-hmm. and we also have videos on YouTube.
0: So if anyone participates in one of the urban tellers' pieces, will their piece be a part of the podcast automatically? or is that a yes. choice? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh oh great. Well, Everyone so who they tells they a story. Oh nice.
3: Uh, it gets put up on YouTube and mm-hmm. it's also podcast onto SoundCloud and iTunes and wow. And then some of those storytellers come back and do a backstory. Right. Yes. which is a new podcast that
2: we started just last year. We've had one season. Uh-huh. Yes. And oh, it's, we have 40 um, of those out there. 40 yeah. episodes. It's a lot. It's in like a long form. They sit down and they, we talk about. Like
1: what we're doing with you. Right.
0: right.
1: Nice.
2: The, we have the story and then kind of what developed the story and more of their backstory. Right. And what the- was
3: your inspiration and what was your process mm-hmm. and what did you, how did you decide what to include and what to leave out and all those sort of things.
0: Interesting. Now, do you let storytellers rely on notes, or is it purely note-free? It's note-free.
3: Note-free. It's
0: crafted. Every story is crafted, Mm
1: -hmm. meaning we go through a specific process, what we call intentional storytelling. Mm -hmm. But when people get up there, they're expressing themselves straight from the heart.
0: We like to say that we tell eye-to-eye, face-to-face, and heart-to-heart. So how do you help people who haven't had that experience of of performance, of public performance, have those little life raft. (laughs) Places where they can, you know, grab their story and keep going. You know, right. We just teach people to trust the story
1: mm-hmm. oh, and nice. to trust
3: themselves, and it's really just a process of iteration. You know, the workshop goes over a course of five weeks, mm-hmm. and every week they come back and they tell the story, and it changes and, and it we grows. Work and individually with people
0: too. Oh, that's neat. You right. know, it's really
1: so neat. they're right. not
3: standing up there on stage just making it up out of thin air. They've right. told the story before, but mm-hmm. we do we not only ask them not to write it we forbid them to write it because when people write their stories down then they get attached very attached to the words and they want to memorize and recite and you can tell the difference when someone is reciting their story rather than just telling their story and, you
0: know that really becomes acting Right. And we're right. not actors; uh-huh. we're storytellers. Right. It's so interesting. There's a fine line between the two. That's very right. fine. And it's exciting <clears throat> as an actor to think about that because right. every time you tell a story, you get a response, and that creates excitement or feelings within your body. That you it, probably you want more of it. You're like, oh, people laughed.
3: It's a dialogue with yeah. the audience. It yeah. really is. It's a there's, there's an interactive quality to it. Oh. We say there's a saying that the story takes place. Uh, not just in the mouth of the teller or the ear of the listener, but somewhere in between them.
0: Yeah, I love that. I I think about that with music a lot, how words and music enter our body through the bones in our body. It doesn't just live out here. It's in us, but we don't think about the miracles of the body very often. And
1: they've shown even in neurological studies that Mm -hmm. as you're telling your personal story, Mm -hmm. different parts of your brain light up.
0: And the listeners, those same exact parts of their brain light up too. Yes, and there was recent study that even went as far to say that the heartbeat, the pulse mm-hmm. of an audience, starts to come Sacred into eyes. line yeah. with performances. Oh my was right. uh-huh. singing right. yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah, and yeah. It's, <clears throat> it's it's beautiful. It's uh-huh. beautiful, and it's we're all needing that. Oh my goodness! Yes, we are. Understatement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, describe for everyone what radical empathy is. I love the term. Um, I
1: would describe that as a real heartfelt connection that's genuine and authentic, that we're not experiencing very much in our daily lives. Mm -hmm. And as humans, we're very hungry for.
0: Mm. When you first uh, heard stories, the first time you came, were there some that really stuck with you, Warren?
2: I think I can remember all six of the stories. Um, And of course, some some of them weren't my favorite stories, mm. but I related, I mean, that was what was kind of magical to me was I, I wasn't the person on the stage. Mm. Um, and there was a lot about the person that didn't relate to me, but there was something in every story that I thought, you know, I, I see that. Mm. I see that. I see that some stories do that more. You know, mm-hmm. you're like, Oh my gosh, that could be me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes we have people in the workshop, they come to a show and they see somebody and they think that could be me. I could do this. I'm signing up for a workshop right now. Mm-hmm. Um, But the magic is that even somebody who's just radically as different as as me as possible can get up there and tell a story and I can think, God, I I, I know what they're talking about. I know what they're talking about
3: here. It's that commonality of the human experience. And if you tell a really true story, Mm -hmm. uh, people will, there's there's a universality to Mm. it. There's something that everyone will be able to relate to. And when people listen to the stories, they... They, they hear their own stories. They mm. see themselves in the human experience of the storyteller. Mm. And that's why it builds community. Mm. That's why it builds that commonality.
1: We do honor diversity mm-hmm. very uh, much so, wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. And our differences are really like treasured gifts. Mm-hmm. But it's our connection as humans that build that feeling between each other. Where we know we're not alone.
2: Mm. See, this is what this is what is working for me. Coming, I keep coming to know the shows and the workshop. It's because it's really easy for me to relate to somebody who I I know is like me. Mm. But um, getting the chance to to hear someone's story who's very different mm-hmm. and still finding that connection. Right. That's that's where I need to improve in just my daily life because we tend to I think flock towards people who are like us. And coming to a show or doing a workshop is a chance to. Um, be with somebody who, who's very different mm. and still feel like I, I can, you know, we're, we're more like than yes. I, I thought in the past. And
1: I would say our process is very much like devised theater. Mm-hmm. If you're familiar with that, mm-hmm. because we work as a group co-creatively mm-hmm. in helping each other, uh, define the arcs mm. and, uh, really
0: what's matters in our stories do you do thematic evenings, or are all the stories always emanating the from...
1: The only thematic evening we do is Valentine's. Mm-hmm. All right. others are emerging within mm-hmm. the group. It's part of the co-creation. Yeah,
3: we, we never set a theme in advance. We tell people that they should tell the story that they need to tell, mm-hmm. the story that they need to hear, mm-hmm. and then somehow magically really organically a theme emerges there's always something that's so that, amazing yeah. some thread that ties uh-huh. all six stories together well and, what's
0: so funny is we feel as human beings that our lives are so unique right, right. Yes, it's right. just it's almost it's funny our ego yeah. you know yes and yes. it's true as those those stories are told you think oh there's love right. there's there's grief there's not that many big things yeah. Right. But they just come out differently.
3: Exactly. So fascinating. Exactly.
0: Um, so the Valentine's show I see is called Kiss and Tell.
3: Kiss and Tell. And it's on February 9th. That's just our in longest case you... running show.
0: Oh, that's great. All right. And uh, if you want more information about when and how you can see that, you can go to pdxtorytheater.org. And I'll give that to you again later, just so you don't miss it. So, Lawrence, you do a show called Armchair Adventurer, Shackleton's Antarctic Nightmare. Right. So how did that come into being?
3: I have been interested in the story of Ernest Shackleton, the great British Antarctic explorer, since I was a teenager. My dad was uh, hugely interested in that story too, and he had the the quintessential book by Alfred Lansing called Endurance, uh, Shackleton's Incredible Voyage. And it was just on the bookshelf in the house where I grew up. Mm. And my dad never said, hey, read this book. But when I was a teenager, I just like, wow, what's that about? Mm. And I read it. And that became a lifelong interest that my dad and I shared together. And I read more and more and more about it. And we went to shows and museums and, and just learned about it. And I started telling the Shackleton story Uh, as a tribute to my dad after he died. And it's so it's a story that's really near and dear to my heart, but it's such a great story about courage and endurance and fortitude and the audacity of the human spirit. And and I, I mean, this thing they were trying to do was crazy, right? And they totally failed in their goal to cross Antarctica on foot. But they, they triumphed. They succeeded hugely in keeping all 28 members of the party alive and came to rescue after two years of living on the ice. So it's, it's just a super epic, heroic story.
0: Very inspirational for these times. When I watch you describe that piece, I think about a relationship between a father and a son. And it gets me a little yeah. choked up yeah, to yeah. think about all the words you described to keep that party alive mm-hmm. and... Mm-hmm. Are the same types of actions I would say that play into a relationship that it sounds like your father and you had?
3: Yeah, very much so. Yes. And uh, even though it's you know it's largely a true historical story, I do weave a bunch of stuff about my dad and about my relationship with my dad into the Shackleton story itself. Oh. And so that's that's very exciting it's to real, me. It's
0: Must be beautiful.
3: I like it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yes, I would love to come. It's going to be on January 25th and 26th at the Old Church Concert Hall as a part of the Fertile Ground Festival. Fertile Ground. Which is an incredible festival that you'll be hearing lots about. (laughs) Mm -hmm. If I may add, of course.
1: um, We're going to have some new aspects to the story, which are making it a little more theatrical. Mm -hmm. There's a man, Michael Hill from Wet Dog Studios, who does. Uh, image mapping, uh, display of images. He's going to do kind of a Kens Burn kind of oh, exciting display behind Lawrence on stage, <coughs> and then we're also going to have a Northern Lights. Uh, yeah.
3: I have a collection on the walls. of oh. historical black and white photos uh-huh. of the expedition. Mm-hmm. This was, you know, in you know, the public
1: domain, yeah, because you know, right, it was a long right. time ago. Now. Yeah, and
3: normally I just mount those, and people can look at them before the show and at intermission, and the visual really mm. helps. But this year. Michael is actually going to project those onto a screen behind me mm. as I tell the story. So oh, yes. that should be super interesting. We're also We're- hoping
1: to have Laurent Nickel, who is part of our uh, house band, um, and he is going to adapt and
0: create music for the production. Oh, for the f- for the cello. fertile ground piece. Right. Yes. Well, right, that's right. exciting. I didn't know you had music components. Well, this is new. This is new. This is new. Ah. Ah. Wow, right. this is a new thing. Is it improvisatory or is it going to be scored?
3: Yes. <laughs> so I, think, the, I think both That's I think,
0: fascinating because in the whole storytelling What you're telling me about how you work as storytellers You know, you're non-scripted You're right, coming heart right, to right. heart Stemperaneous Right, yes. except, so right. there'll be some jumping off points right. for the so music So we'll
3: work together and, and he'll get some musical ideas And oh, at this point it has this sort of feeling <gasps> But I think that when we actually come to do it on stage yeah. He'll he'll be sort of in the moment
1: right. And we thought cello would be perfect Right now he plays with Roger Paulson A pianist Uh And he plays bass uh, The hour and when the doors open We call it the social hour And Uh also at intermission And that group's called And they're a jazz duo And they have special featured
0: instrumentalists who perform
1: with them as part of our show.
0: And is that at Urban Tellers as well? Yes. Oh, great. Yes. So it's really... At
3: every Urban teller show, there's music when the doors open Mm -hmm. at 7 and then the stories begin at 8.
0: I have to ask, is there food?
1: Yes, they have yes. food and drinks. The old and church drink at the old concert church and... hall has a bar nice. with beer and wine, uh-huh. and it's really lovely. It sounds like a nice mm-hmm. way to spend night. some time. It it's a great, night. it's a great yeah. date night. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, and you know, a lot of times people stop and have dinner at Higgins before they
0: come down. So. Oh, right, it's right mm-hmm. by there. There's
3: so right. many good restaurants not around. Far. there. Yeah, yeah, not far at all.
0: So, also, Warren, you're doing a solo show in February. Yes. That's called "You Were Supposed to Be This Great Thing." Yes. <laughs> And that title just really <clears throat> made me laugh and then got me a little verklempt. Yeah,
2: right? <laughs> really? I mean, I think there's a little bit in that, mm-hmm. in both mm-hmm. those elements in the storytelling. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, I guess it's all the storytelling we do um, is real and personal and true. So there's stories about me. Um, and uh, the, I guess the overarching theme is just as I've grown throughout my life, starting when I was like four years old, these ideas of what it was to be great, um, expectations I had on myself, expectations I had on other people, expectations other people had on me, um, and how those have changed and shifted to this point in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, there's a fair share of funny, I guess funny, funny sad, mm-hmm. I suppose, funny sad yeah. stories. Are I you really a Portlander
0: by birth? Or? I
2: grew up, yeah, in Hillsborough, okay. on west side, uh-huh. um, and uh, just moved back into town with my family, five years ago from where'd you go we were in denver Uh okay so we made that shift and um yeah, it's, it's still being workshopped, it's still being worked out, but I think we have a pretty good feel on what is it's going to fabulous. be included in the show. It's just oh. first solo. It's my first solo right. show. It's a It's yeah. a long form. Long form. Yeah. Yeah. And but, so
0: it runs about a half hour? Or? No, about an oh,
2: hour or yeah. so. Wow. An that's hour to 70 huge. minutes. That's yeah, huge. Yeah, so this we'll is a huge first
3: you know, nice. it'll be nice. Yeah.
0: So how long are you, how are you going through this process?
3: Well,
2: we meet once a week. Mm-hmm. Um Lana Lawrence is from my, I just want you guys to know, it's of my favorite time, that two hours we meet. <laughs> Us too. Yeah, yeah. And, pretty we, fun, yeah. Uplifting. and we talk, and we just, uh, I guess we're kind of doing, we're workshopping. We're like workshopping we would the stories. With the group, but just without the other
3: five people. Right. right. Um, Same way we do all of our shows, uh-huh. where we workshop the stories. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah,
0: we have individual
1: sessions in those workshops,
3: but this is just like an ongoing... And- individual session
0: huh this is a lot of very thoughtful and dense time of togetherness yes which is uh, fantastic yeah
2: and you know the because we tell these true stories they're constantly evolving so we're starting you know several months out but there's something in the back of my head there's a little voice in the back of my head saying by the time february 2nd comes around and you actually tell the story um a lot of the things we're talking about today might be less relevant. There might yeah. be things that are more on the uh, right. the you know right. the front burner. Some might be on the back burner. And so it's just constantly changing when you do this. It's um, living. We, we workshop. We do, uh, it's like four weeks, right? We start and then yes. four weeks. In that four weeks, show, yeah. I see people whose stories totally change. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Dramatic. Um, or they're in the middle of the story. Like something happens, a phone call to a relative or, you know, somebody gets in touch with them halfway through the workshop and it just changes the entire Everything. story Aww. because right. they're living it. Right. And their story went from a sad story to a happy story, or vice versa. And that's it's life. that's life.
1: And if I could just add one thing, of you know, course, uh, Warren made a point to say that all his stories are personal stories, and mm. I think that's very true and very good. But we do not do angry rants. Mm. We do not do self indulgent, egotistical, narcissistic. I mean. Sometimes when you say personal story to people, they think, Oh, no, I can't
3: go. Oh, my God. It's not that.
1: What we're trying to do is really get to the core of... You know, we have stories that live with us, Mm. that we hold, Mm. that sustain us, that help us get out of bed in the morning. What are those stories? And what can you share about them that will inspire other
0: people? It's so crazy, too. The minute you share a story, it changes. Right, because right. when you hold stories inside, you hold your version of it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Then you share it, and all of a sudden, some enlightenment happens. It's it, it never-ending.
3: A lot of times, we don't really yes. realize what our stories are about until we actually start to say them out loud. Yeah. yeah. There are stories we've carried around with us for ignites. years and years and years. and And there are stories we carry around that you know, we don't really understand what they mean until years later. There's a story that I've told all my life about the time I, you know, sat down at the table and my tie went in the in the bowl of chicken soup with matzo balls, you mm. know, and and I didn't realize what, it was just a little anecdote, right? I didn't realize what that story meant until I became a grandfather, because mm. it's really a story about me and my grandma and how... Well, in the no, stories I, that
1: Warren uh, has, a lot of them are about his experience as a parent. Mm-hmm.
2: Right. Yeah. yeah. And and I find to to go up what you, both of you guys said. Um, I have stories inside that I don't even know are stories. Right. And right. until until you say them out loud, yeah. I mean, just it's it's I can totally attest to this um, this point. Until you say them out loud and you start to pull at them. You realize that really was relevant. I think some people, they come to Portland Street and they have one story they know is a story Hmm. and they do it and then they, they stop. They don't search. Some people, they do that one story and they think, I think I have more. And they come back and they realize they do have more. And as a group, you know, we extract that in those workshops. And, and And you said an
1: interesting thing where you kind of pull at the story, but really what Happens is the story pulls you. It speaks Mm -hmm. to you. It's calling you. And if you just listen Hmm. with your heart voice, you'll hear it. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Sometimes people come to the workshop and they'll say, "Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't work on my story this week." And I'll say, "That's okay. The story worked on you."
0: Oh, that's fun. I love that. Right. It reminds me of like emotional cartography. Yes. You know, you put. A dot on the map. Mm-hmm. That's where that lived. Right. The matzo right. ball soup Thai story. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. And then you're like, well, that's this story lives over here. And then the whole country emerges. Yes. Right. The U.
3: Right. It's yes.
0: crazy.
1: Yes. It's yes. So cool. I Beautiful. Love it. Yeah. So, you very, know, there's
3: so many good. different brands and flavors and niches of storytelling. Mm. Uh, and we
1: love them all. And we mm. do.
3: We do. But we really focus on the sincerity. I mean, mm. we love the funny. It's mm. okay for something to be funny. But that's not the end in itself. We're looking for stories that are profound, that are meaningful, that are sincere. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, and Warren is very poignant as a person and just in the way he is. Yeah. And so his stories are too. Mm -hmm. They're funny and they're poignant and Mm -hmm. they're just very accessible.
0: Human. Human. Mm -hmm.
1: That's right. We just want
0: you to be you when you tell your story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have some fun questions to ask you. Okay. Um... First of all, describe your favorite, describe your perfect road trip.
3: Perfect road trip, wow. Um, I would love to just take a road trip just around Oregon or the Pacific Northwest where I didn't have to be any place at any certain time. And just, you know, you're driving along and you see some road and it has an interesting name and you're like, Well, I wonder what's down there. And just have one of those kind of trips with no destination and no schedule and no itinerary and just sort of follow those roads and see what's there. I think that would be super fun.
0: Everything you say now has a storytelling backstory. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm like, right, Yeah, that's right. like storytelling. Right. <laughs> Warren.
3: I
2: I would say my favorite road trips have been when uh, things that were not expected happened. Not mm-hmm. even necessarily positive unexpected, mm-hmm. negative unexpected things too. Just um,
3: usually right. you're trying to get from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not an adventure till something goes terribly well, exactly. wrong. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you have a story, and you can right, go workshop right. it, and yeah. you can work it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
2: no, but yeah, like uh, I, the things I think I guess it just makes it memorable is when it's going from point A to point B, and it's not just uh you know straight road it's something happens and takes you off course and um do you remember that you're alive whether it's a Mm. good great thing or it's the worst thing um those are the road trips i remember so Hmm. uh i guess that that's what kind of makes them at this point since everything's okay with life like it makes them have some worth that's a good road trip
0: how about you lynn
1: i think that i would love to drive from here to alaska Sounds oh
3: awesome. yeah.
1: yeah, and really, then hang out in Alaska quite a bit and really experience the nature. Mm. It's kind of like Oregon on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> I love mm. it.
0: So, one more question: What's the last thing you saw or read that inspired
2: you? Hmm. I just watched this show on HBO. It's called uh, Sharp Objects, I think, and it was. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's, it was, uh, you know, it was your typical kind of, uh, I think it was. Uh,
1: it's a sitcom.
2: No, it's not a sitcom. It is really sharp. I mean, the, the it's, it's uh, really tense, but there's twists at the end. And I, I've never, I, I guess I've always enjoyed stories and, and movies that have twists, but this was a twist that I, I kind of was expecting it to happen and it, it kind of threw me and I was like, oh my gosh, they got me. Huh. And it was nice to be like. Got you know like oh right. I didn't see that coming right. how dare they do that to me yeah.
0: sharp objects yeah it's
2: called sharp objects okay. and uh, once again the show is not for everybody but the twists and turns it took they really took me somewhere I didn't expect to go and it's nice to, mm. to have that happen you know it's it's like the road trips yeah mm-hmm. it's like I didn't know that was gonna happen and right. I'm glad that
3: I, cool. I watched it you know? shakes yeah. us out of yeah. our
0: our patterns
3: yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um. You know, uh, I haven't read very much in the last 10 years that was not, you know, nonfiction about Antarctica, about <laughs> Antarctic history. Uh-huh. So it's, it's sort of hard, but I am right now in preparing for the upcoming new version of The Shackleton Show. I'm rereading a book by Carolyn Alexander, and it's called Endurance. And it is the book that um, accompanied the show at the uh, American Museum of Natural History, the show of Frank Hurley's brilliant black and white photographs from the expedition, 1914, Mm. uh, back in 1999. And I went to that show with my dad. Mm. And as I look through that book and I see those photographs, it just really brings back that experience of seeing them live and in person and being with my dad. And uh, so I'm finding that to be very inspiring.
0: I imagine. Well,
1: when Lawrence is not reading about Antarctica, (laughs) occasionally we'll read a book together. Mm -hmm. So we read to each other. Oh, that's nice. And um, the last book that we're working on is by Inara Verzemniks, mm. who was a reporter, a journalist here in town. And this book is called Among the Living and the Dead. Right. It's an amazing story. Uh, it's a true story that is about her family and how they came over here mm. to the United States from... Latvia. Latvia, right. yes. Anyway, Inara Verzemnik's Among the Living and the Dead. I can't say enough great things Amazing, about well, it. It's very moving. moving. wonderful. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look for that. Yes.
0: Oh, wonderful. I've just enjoyed talking to you three Thank so you. much. Thank you. We've enjoyed so it, too. So we. Yes. Too. Yes. yes. Thank you, Thank you, you Susanna. Hope, much. Yeah, my pleasure. I hope everybody will go check out the website at pdxstorytheater.org, uh, be a part of Portland Story Theater in some way, whether it's seeing something or being a part of a workshop. Right. We have short ones and long ones. Do you have some for youth as well? Or they... No.
1: You have to be 18 and over. That's good info. We do have mm-hmm. two-and-a-half-hour workshop and a
0: one-day workshop. So right. Nice. You can just register for those on our website. Fantastic. Well, have a wonderful day. I feel, Thanks so much. Ruby. fills yeah, me with it. confidence to know that you're out there in the world looking at people in the eye and listening to them. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank
3: you so much. <laughs> yeah, this is really fun.
0: Thanks for listening to Adventures in Artslandia. Download the Artslandia app on iTunes where you're going to find a comprehensive arts calendar that's the best in the West. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Artslandia.